so many people, and, and I talk about this a lot with tech founders, like I know it's so exciting to talk about like, let's, let's go talk about the Series A investment and like scaling and sales automation and metrics, which is all the businessy stuff. But at the end of the day, all businesses start off first with the people. Yeah. And if we're not taking care of the people, you don't have a business. You're listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. My name is Siobhan John, and join me as I go behind the scenes of the social media highlight reels of creatives, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share honest and relatable truths about self-care, resilience, and creating a life that feels great for you instead of one that looks great to others. Let's start the show. Hustle and burnout are often accepted as part of the journey for entrepreneurship. But what happens when following Team No Sleep almost takes your life? Although burnout, depression, anxiety, and insomnia are symptoms that many leaders experience, it's rarely discussed in the startup world. But my guest today is on a mission to change that. In today's episode of Filtered Perceptions, we meet Cherry Rose Tan, a fifth-generation entrepreneur, high-performance coach, and an award-winning educator who's taught Canada's richest families. Coming from an entrepreneurial lineage that dates back to the 1800s, Cherry Rose understands the pressures of being a boss and the often unspoken realities that many leaders face. Now, after surviving two near-death experiences that forced her to confront her own perceptions about success, Cherry Rose teaches executives how to be mentally indestructible so that they can excel at the highest levels of stress. In our conversation, we discuss Cherry Rose's journey from startup founder to high-performance coach, the health scares that led to her departure from the startup life, how she's redefining success through focusing on self-care, and Cherry Rose's epic mission to heal mental illness in the business world. Hi, Sherry Rose, and welcome to the Filtered Perceptions podcast. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm great. Well, I'm so excited to connect with you about your story and the work that you're doing right now in the startup space. Uh, When I was creating this podcast, like your name sort of came to mind as somebody that I definitely wanted to connect with uh, about just the importance of health. Um, in entrepreneurship and just kind of unraveling some of the perceptions of just startup culture and like the importance of focusing on self, um, especially in leadership. So I just well, I guess we'll just dive right in for folks who don't know you. And I, there's lots of stuff of just in terms of your bio. One thing I wanted to dive into about like how you help leaders become emotionally indestructible. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty badass. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but before we get into that, like I, there's definitely a story there. Um, one other thing that's really amazing about you is that you're a fifth generation entrepreneur. So um, why don't we start with just kind of talking a little bit about your background and what is it like to be uh, from a family of entrepreneurship and how did that sort of shape who you are and the work that you do today? Yeah, so um, I mean, as you mentioned already, like I'm a fifth generation entrepreneur. So entrepreneurship started in my family from my great, great grandfather um, in the 1800s. Wow. And, and it's 
it's it's a really cool way of um, upbringing because I, I find, so I come from the tech industry. Mm-hmm. And so the last 15 years, I've been on this entrepreneurial journey, creating a lot of different startups in the education and tech space. And coming from a really entrepreneurial family, um, where right now we have eight founders across four different countries, it's been this really humbling experience of sort of seeing really different ways and sort of different approaches people take to building their business. And it's been, you know, sort of the most enlightening journey because I find that out of all the different things and ways I can learn about entrepreneurship, I learn actually the most from my family mm-hmm. and kind of seeing a lot of the, the inside scoop, right? So, you know, coming from um, a family where, you know, both my parents are entrepreneurs, my brother entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, it's been really cool to kind of look at different styles and look at, you know, different ways that people get really passionate and sort of excited about building what they do. Um, and so, it's been this most incredible journey of coming from a place where I used to be a tech founder um, and, you know, being in an industry, to be really honest, that oftentimes not only normalizes burnout, but mm-hmm. sometimes actually glorifies it. You yeah. know, the idea of the let's go for 100 hours a week and like build the startup unicorn to, you know, transforming my own burnout experience into um, really now helping other founders in their journey. So the work that I now do in the industry, especially in Toronto, is I'm a performance coach for founders. So, you know, the work that I do is really getting people to have like a like a healthy and indestructible relationship with their emotions, which is really important if you're going through the journey of chaos (laughs) absolutely and startup is full of chaos and I Mm -hmm. think that it's so important that you are doing this work because there is a lot of focus about team no sleep and celebrating (laughs) how much you burnt out in the path to building this amazing business so you mentioned that you're a former startup founder so um, can we talk a little bit about kind of that experience? Because it sounds as if like the work that you you do now is really motivated by previous experience and just learning from maybe things that you've done in the past or even just, as you mentioned, coming from an entrepreneurial family. So um, what kind of has inspired the work that you do today? Um, and maybe we can talk a little bit about like your time as a startup founder and what those lessons that you learned from that has helped you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, so my big passion with anything that I do in the entrepreneurial world is my thing is education. Um, and I've really picked that because, you know, growing up in a really entrepreneurial family, um, re- really basically surrounded by so many ambitious people. And I think sometimes when you come from a family like that, there's a lot of pressure to like, oh, look, like there's all your other family members have companies. Like what is what is it you're going to build, right? Um, and, you know, my parents are absolutely amazing and always been so encouraging about any startup or any company that I've built. And I felt so privileged to grow up in that environment at the same time, especially being a female and also in a very male dominated industry, which is tech. Um, but I found for me when I was young, actually, I, I went through a mental health journey. So for 10 years from ages 10 to 20, I had depression. And it was depression from, you know, 
feeling that it was very different because, you know, entrepreneurial family really also, to be really honest, I was a nerd and not very subtle about that. Um, and also just also the pressure of wanting to be the best at everything. So I was like really type A, super perfectionist. And where this led me into my journey later on is um, I became an educator first and, you know, tried to really innovate in my own industry, especially in sort of the realm of special education, working with kids who had depression, anxiety, ADHD, et cetera. And I found that it was really hard for me to innovate in the system. So that's when I became an entrepreneur because I really felt that there's so much um, there's so much power and so much creativity that can go into entrepreneurship if you use it right, if you use it as a channel for what you want to build. And that's the way that I saw entrepreneurship as sort of like a gateway to taking this possibility that I saw with education where we could use it as a platform to teach things that really matter. And I don't mean stuff like, oh, let's let's talk about the A's, B's and C's, but like having conversations about emotions, having conversations about what's real in the human experience and using that as as the vehicle to do that. Um, and so this uh, led me into one of my first um, tech startups, which at the time was um, basically a mobile development school in Toronto. And we were one of the first on scene to offer mobile development. And it was this really exciting time because we were aggregating all these amazing people in their industries. So we even had, um, you know, at the time, uh, this collaboration with uh, professors and designers from OCAD. And it was this amazing thing of integrating design thinking. And, you know, in that experience of being in the tech industry, and at the time I was working out of um, out of a co-working space that was owned by a, a top VC firm here who was mentoring me and my co-founder. And even though it was such an exciting journey, I found that in that hustle and bustle where, you know, especially Toronto and tech, there are literally events like every single night yeah. and they go until like midnight and then in the, on the weekends there's like hackathons and you know in that journey of wanting to do more and to be more and to see my company succeed I found that I really lost my grip on self-care I really lost my grip on my personal life mm -hmm. where everything just became work and I think um really the wake-up call for me or the inklings of that was when I remember um, sitting at a table and this is midnight at our at our space and there's me and my three other people and my leadership team and you know it was this experience where basically everybody else at the table had told me like in the past two weeks all of them had ended their relationships because they felt that they didn't have enough time to even date and uh, yeah, that's when it started getting heavy. I'm like, wow, this is this is a little too extreme. Yeah, yeah. When you see everyone around you is also in a similar space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of the turning point for you to realize that it was time for you to make a change. It was the start of it, and 
I I tell people that I felt like I got the sledgehammer of the universe kind of <laughs> sent my way because I was really stubborn, right? So I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, like, what, what can you do, right? Because at the time mm-hmm. I was so stubborn and I was still in this mindset of we need to hustle. Um, I think the big, the louder wake-up call, which I did hear, um, was when I really experienced the the physical the physical harm of burnout um, and it's always starts really little and that's what I tell a lot of founders like because burnout is sort of like this invisible thing until all of a sudden like it hits you really hard and you hear these extreme cases of people who like collapse people like Arianna Huffington and so I had a, a very similar experience so start off with you know, okay, like I'm so stressed out, I can't sleep at night. And I'm sleeping like three and a half to four hours a day. And then it becomes, oh, I'm, I have a cough. And then this cough turns into bronchitis that lasts like nine months, you know, and I'm, I'm 24, by the way, at, mm-hmm. at this point. So this is, this yeah. is kind of crazy to get the symptoms I was getting. And then later it becomes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat food and I find that I can't digest properly. And then, you know, it ends up being like, I, I'm getting heart palpitations every day, like literally having weird things happening with, with my chest and I'm not able to breathe. And so the culmination of those symptoms um, landed me basically in front of a, in front of a doctor at a hospital. I checked myself in, in, into a hospital because um, the symptoms were really disturbing. Like it, it came to a point, like I literally was not sleeping. I wasn't eating. Every day I was waking up and I was so fatigued and I wasn't even thinking clearly anymore. Like it just, like you could see it in the way that I was even walking. Like I just, there's just this, this, this heaviness. It was like this physical and emotional heaviness that I was carrying. And it just felt so alarming as someone who is 24 years yeah. old. And, you know, it was just literally like starting my my startup sort of like life. Um, and, yeah, it was a really scary experience where, you know, these um, this doctor in particular, um, you know, was telling me, hey, like you you really need to slow down because these symptoms that you're getting, they're they're completely not normal for someone your age. Right. And like you've basically destroyed the way that you slept because you're not you're sleeping at weird hours. And I was working on the weekends. Um, And so they gave me a bunch of different things that they thought would help. And we were doing treatments and I would go back, you know, every um, every three months for for checkups. And when six months came along and we were doing the checkup again, they had told me that I wasn't even responding to the treatment, which was for them really puzzling. And, you know, it was this really sort of bleak, but honest conversation I needed to hear where this doctor basically, you know, kind of called me forward and say, hey, like, you know, no judgment to you, but I'm not sure how you're living. But at the rate that you're going, you're basically going to kill yourself. And so you, you need to decide, like, what's important to you. But right now, you're not responding to the treatment. We don't know how else we can help you. Um, and so um, I had made that decision just to completely, like, like stop where I was in the startup world and, and sort of remove myself and, and start that healing journey. Wow. 
So it looks as if like there was many different sort of symbols along the way, but it took like that that moment of that doctor saying that you have a choice. You can go this way or this way, and you decided to pause everything. So when you made that decision, what was that healing journey looking like? What did it look like for you? Like, was it walking away from the startup completely? How is, what did, what were the steps that you took to refocus back on Cherry Rose and rebuild yourself to the point and to the work that you're doing today? Yeah, I think the number one thing was really taking a step back or actually removed myself completely from the the tech and the startup industry and I'll be honest it was it was super super painful I was very ashamed at the time when I I left because I literally you know my my company's getting all this momentum we're, we're getting this publicity we're you know there's a lot of colleagues of mine who you know still stayed in the industry um but I couldn't see really any other way because it was so clear to me in that moment um, <laughs> that that felt like a huge leadership failure, to be honest, mm-hmm. where it's like, wow, like if I'm working so hard that literally like the risk of death is actually a possibility on the table, I've completely failed. And there are things about life that I don't understand. And that's that's what. It, it made me realize it's like I need to go and seek out other people who've maybe been through this journey or other people who can really reflect to me the reality of my life because I obviously wasn't seeing it in a, in a clear space if, if that's mm-hmm. where I ended up. Um, yeah, and so this journey where it took me, which is really humbling, was I started working with uh, a lot of coaches, actually, um, you know, it started off with, you know, coaches that had to do with leadership because at the time I thought, oh, this is this has to be a performance and leadership thing because <laughs> I was even then I was kind of stuck in that. OK, like what did I do wrong in terms of a performance standpoint? And when I started working with my the first two coaches that I started working with, this is probably year one and year two, um, I started to realize that uh, a lot of the things that actually caused the burnout that actually caused like this near-death experience um didn't really have anything to do with performance it actually had to do with a lot of like personal stuff a lot of emotional stuff about my relationship to myself about the stories I'm telling myself about what success really means you know the stories I tell myself about my self-worth and how that relates to the title that I had um, and so after that, I went to much deeper work. So I did um, a lot of work actually around trauma, which is mm-hmm. the specialty that I now do with a lot of founders. I, you know, deep trauma work to actually heal um, the pain that I had around, you know, previous mental illness things around, you know, the 10 years depression that I had that I didn't really ever give space for, for that pain. Um, a lot of grieving around sort of the shame and the embarrassment I had when I had left the industry and, you know, coming to terms with like, oh my God, like, like I, I literally almost died. And I feel so grateful that there's that small, tiny sliver of like intuition that sort of peeks through and it's like, hey, you know, like you, you should really get yourself checked, you know, mm-hmm. because something is actually wrong. Um, 
And so I feel really humbled now where the last bunch of years so start off by getting coached. And because it changed my life, then I went to go back and get my coaching certification and traveled around the world, you know, training under like a lot of the top coaches in the world. And now it feels, um, yeah, I just feel, I feel so much gratitude to now be able to come back into my industry and to really give back to a community that I love so much in this way, because I see so many people and, and I talk about this a lot with tech founders like I know it's so exciting to talk about like let's let's go talk about the series A investment and like scaling and sales automation and metrics which is all the businessy mm -hmm. stuff but at the end of the day all businesses start off first with the people yeah and if we're not taking care of the people you don't have a business absolutely yeah yeah so. you got to take care of self in order to take care of business so in working with founders now or even folks who are aspiring founders what is maybe one or two things that you could share for somebody who is in the midst of the hustle uh, in terms of doing that self-work because I love the fact that you mentioned that it, it was so important that it and it is so important for us to focus on um, addressing some of the things within ourselves whether it be past challenges mental health trauma um, what are some maybe questions we could ask ourselves or work that we should do alongside you know the hustle and the focusing on the data and all those fun and sexy things that we we tend to focus on in startup culture but in terms of the self-reflection that we can maybe start thinking about to help build those that emotional resilience mm, yeah that's that's an awesome question i hmm. yeah you know what comes up for me um so when I when I talk with a lot of founders and and it's not just in tech, this is just in entrepreneurship in general. Um, in the media, there's so much content that's covered about, hey, this is how you create your pitch deck. Hey, this is how you do your sales funnels. And there isn't a lot of conversation about like who you are as a person. And I think that's really, really important to note because, you know, as I said, I've 15 years I've been an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, especially the last five years, actually, um, my, my brother and I um, had done a lot of work together to um, basically build um, a national crypto company that's now partly owned by my family. And so we've literally been through the craziest experiences the last five years, like you can imagine in crypto. And the thing I tell people is that, you know, when you get deeper into the founder journey, um, especially when you're like somewhere between year three to year five, the game looks very, very different mm -hmm. because all of a sudden, like maybe you've, ex you now have major investments. So there's maybe people on your board directors that you have to now answer to. Um, it could also look like you're trying to scale something or now your company's more public. So there's a lot of pressure coming from the outside. And so from an emotional resilience standpoint, or, you know, I like to call it indestructibility because I, I like to even go beyond resilience, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, it's really, really important to know yourself. And I don't mean this in a like cheesy way, like, because, you know, sometimes when I tell people this, but I mean it in terms of if you know who you really are at a deep and fundamental level, that is like the ground that you stand on when the chaos comes. So for example, two questions that I ask founders and oftentimes like, 85% of the time founders don't have an answer for me because they'll tell me like, it's the first time anyone's ever asked me this. Um, one, um, 
what are your core values? So um, there, especially, you know, as a founder um, or just even day-to-day life, I mean, these, this question could apply to anybody. There are so many choices that we have in life and there's so many decisions now that we make on a daily basis and you know I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that is possible by the amount of stuff that we feel we have to take on and if you don't know what your core values are like the things that reflect who you are as a person then you have no deciding criteria to decide like what's sort of like like a fuck yes versus a no Right. And and I find that's really interesting that, you know, when I talk with founders, a lot of times they don't know their own own core values. And so what ends up happening is like you can imagine if you're leading a company, that probably means that your company also doesn't have core values. So your entire team and every single person under you is also feeling overwhelmed because they don't have any criteria or foundation with which to make decisions and decide, oh, actually, like that thing that came to our company, that opportunity is actually not for us because that's not what we're about. Yeah. So people are just saying yes to everything. So yeah, one, um, yeah, what are your core values? And then this is more from uh, an individual standpoint, but the other question I asked too is sort of like, what is your one thing? Mm. And it, it comes from this book called The, the one, one Thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's such an awesome book. So awesome. Um, and the the guys who wrote it, um, you know, it's Gary Keller and uh, Jay Papazon. And Gary Keller basically owns the biggest real estate company in the world, which is Keller, Keller Williams. And he talks about, like, the, the thing that allowed him to scale was knowing his one thing. So, like, um, you know, the question that he asks in the book is... Um, what is the one thing you can do that would make everything else irrelevant? And yeah, I mean, it's just such a powerful question because, you know, at the end of the day, especially if you're playing the founder game or even if, let's say, you're an executive or you're, or you're wanting to go into those positions, um, there's going to come a point where the workload that you have is too much. And you need to be able to delegate and you need to be able to sort of decide, okay, like out of the hundred things I can do, like this one thing, this one domino that if I could like hit it and do it really well and like cause the cascade of other amazing things to happen in my company, that's the one thing where I'm going to devote myself and channel my energy. And it's just so, I just so love it from like a self-care perspective but also from a place of like um, just also integrity as well. It's like, okay, like out of all the things I could stand for and create, like this is the one thing that like I'm going to fight for or my company's going to fight for. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, two very powerful questions, especially with values and even the one thing of just identifying and creating that discernment for yourself of creating those also those boundaries as well too so I think that's Mm -hmm. really those are two very important questions I think will be helpful as you said not even if you're even if you're not a founder or an aspiring entrepreneur I think it's just important for us to have 
um, as a whole as we walk uh, through life. So I wanted to continue talking about self-care, as you mentioned, that mm-hmm. that is an important thing. So what does self-care look like for you in your life now, now that you've experienced all that you have and um, in the work that you're doing? But what does day-to-day self-care look like for you? Right. Um, hmm. So self-care for me is being very present with, and I, I call this my flow, so um, a lot of times I notice in the media, people talk a lot about work-life balance. Um, but I actually like to term it, rather than balance, I like to term it flow. Um, and I speak especially to a lot of the type A's <laughs> out there. <laughs> it's like flow, flow is kind of, like, sorry, uh, balance is kind of hard to do, to be really honest. And, you know, when we, when we talk about things like core values and when we talk about stuff like the one thing, um, all those things, what they do is they advocate for mastery. Right. And when you're a master at something and, and I find this in my own creative flow because I am obviously an entrepreneur so I, and an educator. So I create a lot of content and I'm speaking on stages about mental health. But at the same time, I also do poetry and also do dance. I find the creative flow, whether it's, let's say, in the workplace or let's say on the dance floor, um, there is like an ebb and flow to it. So when you're really present with your body, which I always advocate for self-care, it's like checking in and ask yourself, hey, like, hey, like, how are you doing today? Like, how are you really doing? Like, how are you actually feeling? And sort of creating those moments of stillness and space where you can just really be present with the answer. I find that it's really powerful because, you know, when we're in our creative journey, it's really important to know when it's 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 a good time to go like 100% in into the creation and like, okay, I'm going to devote and pour my entire heart and soul into what I'm doing. And then also really important to know to when to release it. And that's actually the way that I work as an entrepreneur now is I don't I don't go for balance, I go for flow. So I have to be very present with myself where there's times like, oh, okay, if I can feel that I'm, you know, starting to get distracted, right? Like little things like that. Or I'm starting to find that I've been on, let's say, a project and I'm trying to create something and I'm finding I'm hitting a lot of blocks. Like I'm like, oh gosh, like for some reason, like it's just not coming out and I'm feeling like this, this cognitive and physical fatigue I know that then okay like it's time for me to just accept where I am like in that moment it's like okay this is the best I'm able to do right now and just to sort of like let go of the work and actually consciously make a decision to choose something else that is totally not work related and it's so so important because you know, the specialty of, of what I teach entrepreneurs. So I teach people, you know, what I coin indestructibility, which is like, you know, um, being okay with all of the emotions and using it as fuel, especially pain. I get really excited when people can use pain as, as fuel or as power. But the other part, which is equally important, is, you know, understanding um, your creative process. So how does creativity work through you? How does that, that your, your own unique work process that makes you optimize on the day to day? 
Um, and so I find that when I do let go, and this is something that comes up for you know, a lot of high achieving people, sometimes we don't want to let go of our work because like mm-hmm. we can already see, oh man, like there's these other 10 steps I have to do next in my business or or in my project. And so I also create systems around that. Okay, like if I'm letting go of my work, then I have sort of like a buffet of other options that I'll choose for like self-care and play. It's like, okay, I can write poetry. I can go dance outside. I can, you know, uh, do painting. So really important to like have that relationship to letting go, but then also making sure that there's like stuff available or stuff that you've planned that, you know, these are like really great options that make you feel nourished. Um, Otherwise, I find that sometimes we might not get used to space. And so we might end up using that open space. Like if we didn't plan it properly, might might end up being like, oh, like I actually lost like two hours of time because like I was on Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you're working on a platform, I believe it's called Founder Catalyst. Mm. So uh, you, you work a lot with entrepreneurs and founders. So I imagine that Founder Catalyst is definitely within the same vein. So can you tell us a little bit about what that what that is and um, what is kind of the goal and what inspired you to create that platform? Right. So Founder Catalyst is this emerging solution that I'm creating in the tech industry. So, um, you know, my obsession, my 10 year mission um, that I've declared is that I want to heal mental illness in the business world. And it's really personal for me um, because I've, you know, out of the eight founders in my family now, um, we, I've lost basically three of them to burnout, you know, um, who've passed away much younger than they, you know, that should have been. And I find that um, when I started researching the statistics on burnout in the business and in the tech world, the stats are are very alarming. So it's, you know, for example, reported rates, 72% uh, mental illness rate for founders. There's a 30% rate for depression, 29% rate for anxiety. And we're four times more at risk to have mental illness than the regular population. And, you know, like I think when I look at the mental health industry, a lot of times people don't see founders or investors mm-hmm. as like the the endangered population yeah. because you know it's kind of it sort of looks really shiny like to the media right it looks like oh like these people are just getting loads of money yeah. and these people are all building unicorns but the fact is like you know I worked 100 hours a week a lot of my friends are still in the industry working 100 hours a week and maybe people don't want to share publicly how stressful it is but it's 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 a lot to, to think that you're trying to innovate in an industry and also doing it with as little resources as possible. So Founder Catalyst uh, came about because I've interviewed about 50 tech founders um, since January of this year. And I sort of asked them, hey, like, 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 talk with me about like your your journey. Like, how does it feel for you to be a founder in this industry? 
And, you know, I would also like to know, like, what do you think um, is the biggest, like, failure point for you and your company? Like, what what is the thing that's kind of stopping you from getting to the next level? And what was, uh, I guess, sort of surprising in, in the conversations is I think in the media right now, there's so much focus on, like, oh, the reason why people failed is, like, product market fit or uh, mm. they didn't get a funding. And actually what founders told me, this is about 70% of the replies, actually was avoidance. So founders telling me, and this is obviously all private and, and confidential for each of these people, but you know, they're saying, hey, actually, um, we know that there's times that we need help. We know that there's times that we should be asking our VCs or going back to our board and saying, hey, actually, we have no clue how to do this thing or we're really stressed out. Could you help us out? And these founders, you know, admitted like, hey, actually, we don't ask because we're scared that if we said the truth that, you know, our VCs are going to kick us out of our own company. And so Founder Catalyst is addressing sort of this multi-tiered system where I realized that, you know, to be honest, like I already coach founders, right? This has been my specialty. But if I continue to go down this route and it's not engaging the rest of the industry, it's not going to create cultural change. Because at the end of the day, all these founders are having private conversations with me and their lives are being changed. But the industry as a whole still looks the same. And so these conversations need to be had more publicly. So Founder Catalyst basically is um, a mental health and executive coaching program where it's coaching entire founder teams around a lot of the, the stuff that we've talked about around, you know, understanding, um, you know, uh, like emotional indestructibility. So how do you go about building that? understanding things about like core values, understanding stuff about leadership style, having really genuine talks about stuff like even like triggers yeah. and like pain because that's, that's these are tools that we already have in the trauma world. And I think that especially in tech and business, I mean, we don't, people don't necessarily use the words trauma, but the kind of stress that people deal with is, is basically almost at a tra- trauma level when you have to deal with like, hey, like, we might not have any money to feed myself and my whole team the next month. Um, And so this hope that I have for Founder Catalyst is I've also been engaging with VCs and telling them, like, hey, look, you know, when you look at the stats, um, a third of companies, a third of the startups actually fail because of the emotional or mental state of the founder. And from a business perspective, this isn't good business. Like if Mm -hmm. we're not giving people mental health supports and like sort of optimal performance training as the journey gets more stressful. And I think as an industry, and I can speak to this very personally, it's like, you know, there's there's been so many tragic stories right now in the media of like, you know, just the suicides with like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and then, you know, Elon Musk with this sort of his call for help in the New yeah. York Times. And like these people are really in a lot of pain. And I'm going to call a spade a spade. It's like our, our founders are going through a lot. 
And if we don't rally together as an industry to create practices that are more humane, you know, like, for example, like openly talking about mental health and actually giving people the training and the tools, you know, like three to five years from now, like the the burnout and like the suicides and the depression, the anxiety that's being like sort of that's sort of festering in the industry is going to get a lot worse. So I, I think it's just really time for us to like have a platform like this where, you know, as people are getting investment, as people are scaling, there is, you know, mental health and optimal performance training in parallel. So working with the yes. system. Yeah. yeah. This is really powerful work, Cherry Rose. It's definitely very needed. So thank you for trailblazing the, the, you know, taking the lead on this and making an impact in this way. So I wanted to transition to my final segment, which I call Unfiltered Chat. So quick lightning round, just say first thing that comes to mind for you. So if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? <laughs> I'm chuckling, actually, uh, it's actually not that serious. <laughs> like I just, I just find now, like when I when I do entrepreneurship, and ties are like, oh, like it feels so serious, it feels so heavy. I just remind myself, like, yeah, you know what? Like it can wait another day. Like it's cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, what is one book or podcast that you're really enjoying right now? Mm. Yeah. So the book I'm reading actually, it's called Wild Feminine. Because um, I've been actually doing, uh, and this this is for myself, like I wanted to do a lot more exploration of my body. And what Wild Feminine is, it's actually a book about um, sort of the sort of sexual and creative energy that women have and how do you take care of it? Because I think a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times in the media, there's not a lot of information about that. So I'm finding that's that's been really cool so far. Nice. So I love that you ask founders what their core values are. What are some of your core values? Ah, uh, okay. So in order of uh, priority, um, <laughs> possibility comes first, uh, then expression, and finally impact. Love it. What is maybe something that you struggle with or you find challenging that people think comes easy to you? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the number one is actually being seen. And um, I, I do talk about this actually openly, too, when I do my, my mental health talks. But I tell people, you know, especially something like mental health, which is very vulnerable, because oftentimes how I open up the space is actually I share my story first. And that's really important because I can't ask somebody to go if I'm not willing to go there with them. But of course, when you do that, it's sort of like you become very visible. And it and sometimes the stories I share are, you know, obviously really tender, like stuff like, you know, like almost dying from my startup. Um, but I still tell myself that, you know what, like it's when I feel that fear, it's not necessarily a bad thing because... I find that that means that that's an area of growth and I can yeah. just sort of like lean to it little by little and be like, hey, like I get it that you're nervous, but like reminding myself the reason why I do what I do, which is like I want to have impact. I want to show people that the more that we speak out and the more that we're seen 
it comes to a point one day in the industry, and this is really my hope, is that one day when I speak on another stage, you know, we can just have a talk about mental health. And it's not like, ooh, this is a talk about mental health. But it's just like a talk. It's just part yeah. of our dialogue. Absolutely. Um, what is maybe one thing that you wish that every aspiring or current founder knew about success? That's going to be okay. Yeah, and I say that really tenderly because I feel like I, I get so inspired by people in the industry. I really do. And I find that sometimes people are so hard on themselves. Like people, I like you know, even being in the room with them, sometimes it feels like they're putting the whole, their, the whole world on their shoulders. And, and, and I want to tell people that, hey, you know what? Like I get that sometimes in the chaos, like you don't know what to do and it looks kind of crazy and, 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 and you're just trying to make it. But like if you take it step by step and you take care of yourself and you know that it's okay to ask for help, you know, like collaboration and co-creating with your industry and really like saying what is, like asking really for what you need, that like at the end of the day, like, like you know that you're going to be okay. So like, so okay. just the knowing of that. Great. I think on that note, that's a perfect way to end. So thank you so much, Cherry Rose, for joining us today. And thank you for the work that you're doing uh, in this space. I think it's super important. And I look forward to the day as well when mental health and talking about emotional indestructibility becomes second nature. Thank you so much for having me. This is an awesome conversation. Thank you. Now, how amazing is Cherry Rose? I left my conversation with her feeling incredibly inspired, motivated, and ready to support her mission in any way that I can. I had the pleasure of meeting her in person to record our podcast episode, and I was so inspired by her warmth, her presence, and as you can hear, how passionate she is about her mission to help heal mental illness in the business world. But above all, I also love her message about the importance of cultivating self-awareness and creating a legacy beyond your titles, achievements, and praise. Now, my goal with this podcast is not only to share the inspiring stories of individuals like Cherry Rose, but also to help you, my listeners, connect with your own story and level up your actions. So at the conclusion of each episode, I'll share a series of introspective reflective questions to hopefully inspire you to unravel your own perceptions and beliefs. Today we have four questions that were inspired by the wisdom of Cherry Rose and her journey. So I invite you to grab a journal or maybe even use your phone to record these answers as a voice note. And once you're complete, I would love to hear how this process went for you. So here are the questions. Question number one, what are your core values? How are they showing up in your life and where are they absent? Question two, where in your life do you need to devote more attention and care to? And what is holding you back from currently doing so?
Question three, what is the one thing that you'd like others to remember about you at the end of your life? And our final question, which is inspired by the one thing, is what is the one thing that you can do right now that will make everything else irrelevant? Now, I'd love to know how this reflection practice goes for you. So please connect with me on Instagram at Filtered Perceptions. Let me know, maybe share your responses if you feel comfortable, or even just what came up for you while reflecting on these questions. Above all, I hope this practice inspires you, and I look forward to taking this journey over the season of sharing more opportunities for us to unravel the perceptions that we might be carrying. You've been listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. Hosted by me, Siobhan John. Now, if you've enjoyed or were inspired by this episode, I would love if you please shared it with a friend. And if you also took a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, this will help us to reach a broader audience, and it's a great way for you to show your support for the show. This project has definitely been a labor of love for me, and I look forward to sharing more episodes over the next couple of weeks to help us unravel perceptions of success one story at a time. Now for show notes from this episode, including the list of reflection questions that I shared earlier, as well as more information about our guests, please visit filteredperceptions.co. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on our next episode.